CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasova, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news newspaper since 1971. That bonus time at the Ben Jarosky show as I speak is Saturday. What's the date? July 9th. There's tons of headlines in the newspaper that are filled with doom and gloom and horror uh, from one end of the country to the other and into Europe and around the world, actually. But I'm going to avoid all those. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna make an ostrich in today's show. Put my head in the sand. Talk about other things, things that preoccupy my mind and preoccupy the mind of, of my distinguished guest. Who, in addition uh, to being a brilliant analyst on sports, is a dedicated leftist. Uh, and somehow or other, we're going to avoid com- uh, conver- conversation about politics. Uh, headline to give you a sense of what's going on in the news, what's at least on my mind. Uh, Marco Simonovic of the Chicago Bulls poured on twenty. 20- my distinguished guest is already laughing. Uh, 28 points in the opener for my beloved Chicago Bulls in the Summer League. Yes, the Summer League, a league that 99% of you didn't even know existed. Began for my beloved Bulls yesterday, Friday. There was only one other man in the universe, and that was my distinguished guest who knew about that moment. He was the only distinguished guest. You were the only one who texted me. I immediately texted out to every the whole universe once the game uh, Bulls had finally won the game. We'll explain the significance of the Summer League in a little bit, the significance of the new players of the Bulls, talk about free agency and basketball. Yes, it's time for a little basketball conversation at Ben Jarowski's show because as obsessed as I am about politics, I am probably equally obsessed about basketball. Distinguished guest, introduce yourself. Hey, it's Benji the Bookie. I'm back. Let's talk hoops. Yes, Benji the Bookie finally takes the name, ladies and gentlemen. In the old days, he'd come on, he goes, I'm not really a bookie. No, he's not a bookie. bookie. He's still not a bookie. But the dude is perhaps the smartest uh, gambler. He's the one who predicted, uh, by trade, he does something with computers. I don't know what, but he's really smart. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, But Benji's the one who's told me, he told me flat out, this is your claim to fame. Uh, Well, there's like five things in basketball that you've, claim to famous but number one you were the first person who told me before anyone else 
Donovan Mitchell was the steal of the draft. Utah, and I think they got him with like the 15th pick. It was not a high pick. And you knew about that. that. Yeah. He, was it higher than 15? Yeah, okay. he was, I think, I don't know, he was around 10 or something or 8. All right. To, know, but still. It pr- proves my point. I actually do not think he was 8. I do not think he was nah, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I, you're not giving yourself enough credit. <laughs> the drafts are starting to blur together. Drafts do blur together, and uh, this is one of the our, our favorite t- topics to argue slash debate. Um, I am a, I think the drafts worth uh, is far exaggerated uh, in terms of building a team. And Benji clings to the notion uh, like a a two thousand and twelve notion uh, that the draft is really important. Uh, we, I, I, we'll probably debate that as well, Benji. Uh, but your other, oh God, Eddie, who else have you predicted uh, that I'd never heard of before? Oh, you knew about John Collins, uh, who now plays for Atlanta long before I did. You said he was a better pick than Laurie Markkinen. You were right. I was wrong. Uh, you also, uh, t- uh, what's his name? Harrow from Miami. You knew about him long before I did. Uh, and, uh, um, Maxie from Kentucky. Yeah. So I watched enough of them. Yeah, if if they're from Kentucky, generally Benji uh, is on and, the And this year, my the guy I loved all the whole time was Keegan Murray. All right, uh, let's let's just start there then, guys. You love before we go to my beloved Bulls and how excited I am by their first win in the, <laughs> in the summer league. Well, let, before we get to Keegan Murray, let's talk about the summer league. Uh, I I love the summer league for the pageantry of it. I love the summer league because it interrupts uh, the doldrums of summer, brings NBA basketball. Uh, back to us, uh, but you know the vast majority of fans aren't paying attention uh, because I don't know they have more important things to do with their life. Explain what the summer league is, Benji, and its significance. Well, there's actually three summer leagues. That's the funny part. There's uh, there's one in California for like three days, and there's only four teams. There's one in Utah for like three days, and there's only four teams, and then. The majority of the teams, including some of the ones that were in those other two summer leagues, all go to Vegas, and that's where the magic happens. And that's it's basically uh, an NBA party of you know, executives, pundits, players. Uh, it's incredible how many teammates show up to watch their team, their their new their new players. Um, but it's uh, it's a chance to see you know the guys you drafted and get them some run and see how good they are. Um, other guys just trying to make it in the league. There's always like a diamond in the rough that kind of shows up every summer league. And then just a bunch of people that'll end up in Europe. Yeah. Uh, and it's a big uh, party. It's a big party. Now, how much of it do you actually watch? Or All do you just it. follow? <laughs> I've watched, I think, every game except the Lakers game last night. Uh, yeah, we'll get into Scottie Pippen Jr. in a little bit. See, this is the, this is the thing. If you're really uh, a hardcore NBA fan, you will watch and pay attention uh, to the summer league for all the reasons that Benji mentioned, right? Because uh, you'll see, like, for it, you'll see a player like Max Struss pops into my mind, who is a great shooting guard. Not a great, he's a a good shooter for the Miami Heat, who is developing him. So I think you would say he's emerging as a competent starter in the NBA, Benji. Uh, Yeah, and it it really kind of happened last summer league uh you know quite often it's just rookies but then there's the guys who uh you'll see some second year players rarely a third year player um unless they're you know just trying to hang on in the league and 
And then Max Struess is kind of one of those guys who's just trying to, like, you know, he's been bouncing around the G League, maybe the deep end of benches, maybe not signed at all. And last year in the Summer League, he, he just he just kind of took over and it just carried it on all the way through the season. So he's a perfect example of a guy who is like the diamond in the rough that just appears in Summer League out of a ton of hard work and, um, you know, just kind of puts it all together. All and right. He, so who you can see who that? He, uh, yeah, his stresses uh, claim the fame in the um, the D League, a great D League moment. I mean, excuse me, a great summer league moment. Uh, so I th- you're right. I think it was two summers ago. Maybe it was two. Where, yeah. uh, he, uh, the, the game, they have different rules uh, for uh, summer league. So, for instance, after I think it's after two overtimes, it's a winner take. It's like uh, the old NFL playoffs. The first person, to, the first team to score a bucket wins the game. Yeah, it is. It really is. I mean, they, they try different things. Uh, and he now he just took the shot. He just the he, the uh, he was playing for the Heat. They won the That's tip, right? Sense. Yeah. And he just sprained it. He goes, I'm taking it. I'm going home. And he, wow. Uh, you got to love a player, Benji, who's not afraid to shoot. All right. So who's the diamond in the rough that uh, or some of them uh, that you've seen so far in the first uh, few games of the uh, summer league? Um, well, when it comes to the draft, uh I don't know, diamond in the rough. The draft guys are always, you know, expected to be pretty good. Um, but uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm trying to look in the second round to see who, who, if anyone. Oh, Jalen Hardy looked really good for the Kings. The Kings of all teams. I think they had a really good draft, it looks like. So Jaden Hardy was this uh, G League guy. He played in the G League Ignite last year. He didn't play college and was highly touted. I think he was the most highly touted G League person last year you know being a and for all intents and purposes a freshman and uh he kind of sucked in the g league he struggled you know just like maybe the size the speed whatever his shot wasn't falling but you can still see he's got the physical tools well he just had a monster first game now you can't make you can't make everything out of one game in southern league because guys will have one games and then just disappear uh other guys will look bad and then like Trey Young is one of the more famous examples. I think his first summer league game, he was like one for 15 or something crazy. He's like horrible. You know, he turned out to be all right. <laughs> well, you can't. Uh, I actually would say that what you said uh, applies yeah. to uh, the, the NBA as well. Any player at any given time yeah. uh, is capable of having an insane game. And you and I have been watching them sometimes. Uh, Benji and I bowled together on Monday. We're in a different teams, but we at the same league. We, we'll be like, you'll come up to me. Are you seeing what this guy is doing? <laughs> you know, some just random guy. I, I mean, I think I knew you when Jeremy Lin went on his run back in 2012. That's about the time I started uh, talking people with basketball with you. And Jeremy Lin, I remember watching him on a couple Monday nights where he was just scoring 30 to 40 points. And that I, went lasted for nine games. I feel like I was out of the country during Jeremy Lin, but it's possible. We, we certainly, I was around that year at some point in time. By the way, tangent within a tangent, Jeremy Lin, explain that to me. Jeremy uh, Lin had nine of the greatest games, consecutive games, that you could argue. He's like... You, it's in the history of basketball, just nine consecutive games. It's yeah, I think he one averaged, of the more unexplainable phenomenons that has ever happened in the NBA. I would say it's got to be in the top 10 of just like what happened. What, what Jeremy Lin? I mean, he was a he's an OK player. 
but he just went like scorching hot, you know, from zero to like infinity, like out of nowhere. <laughs> it's so crazy. So, all right, you try to be as logical as you can. You try to strip uh, your uh, analysis of basketball of any allegiances to teams, unlike me and the Bulls, uh, of any bias or prejudice because you want to win your bet. So would you have continued to bet on Jeremy Lin during that streak? No. 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 Um, uh, you know, that's the thing about, you know, the, over the long haul um, – that I think he was probably going to be a rotation player. Yeah, for sure. And he, and he proved out to be, um, but I never, I knew he was never going to be a superstar. I mean, that's just, that's like a whole different level of, that's the thing about the superstars is they're consistent. The consistency is what separates them. And then you almost know after one bad game, there's going to be a great game. Oh, with with them. Yeah. They turned around for sure. So I would say that in this, in this summer league so far, it, the cream of the crop looks nasty good. I mean, just like last year. Last year's draft was just deep and loaded, a lot of talent. You could tell they were going to impact games right away, and they did. And, uh, they, I mean, it was one of the better all-time NBA drafts. I think this year is going to be very good again. I don't know if it'll be as good as last year, but, I mean, the top three, which have been the top three forever, Banchero, Holmgren, and Smith, they all look really good. Um, Smith is the one that's a little bit iffy because he he can't score on his own. He really needs to have other people set him up. So, and he's playing with a team, the <laughs> Houston Rockets team right now that they have assembled. Just does not like to pass, which is kind of a summer league standard. The guards just shoot. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so if you're a big guy and you can't dribble uh, and you need the ball like that, good luck. You know, you're going to look a little worse in summer league, but uh, for the top, I mean, for the most part, and then number four, Keegan Murray just looks like butter out there. He is, he looks really, really good. Um, I think he's just going to be one of these like 2010 guys forever. Um, All right. Talk about Keegan Murray. Cause that was your first text to me after the summer league started. You just said you were wowing about him. Uh, what pick was he and which team? Yeah, Sacramento uh, surprisingly picked him at four uh, over Jaden Ivey. Everybody thought he was going to go fourth um, and pretty much every mock draft. Uh, now, typically when the Kings do something, they screw it up um, and everybody was just laughing, you know, this time again. But he's actually a much better fit for their team. Not that it should matter at a four pick, but, you know, they have they have they've drafted like five guards in a row. So to have another guard was probably not the best move for the long term, but I don't know. They don't have a long-term plan anyway. They just, their plan is to try to get to the playoffs and they fail at that every year. So they're, they're, they're just, whatever they're doing, they should just do the opposite. They should go full Costanza. Um, but uh, Keegan Murray, uh, he's the, it's like a six, nine with really good wingspan out of Iowa, uh, a little bit of an older player. Um, and I think his was, he was a junior sophomore, but he's old for a sophomore even. And, uh, but he's just, he just does everything right. He's like one of those guys, he knows where to move. He knows how to get in a position. He doesn't like, um, uh, have turnovers. He's insanely efficient scoring and passing. He just does, he plays good defense. He's just, it's, it's like, you don't, he's like, just got crazy good fundamentals everywhere. I, uh, he caught me totally off guard. Uh, and, and in the Big Ten, he went to play at Iowa. The Big Ten is just its stock has been so low for so long. It's almost like don't take a Big Ten player. 
it, it, I feel like there's a bias against the Big Ten, actually, uh, when it comes to the draft, which, again, this gets into the myth of the draft, which it's so unpredictable, uh, and why I feel it, that uh, fans are deluding themselves when they put so much stock on it. Because look at Jordan Poole. Yeah. Look, Jordan Poole, who was, t- was it three years ago, the same draft that Kobe White? I want to say it's the same draft as Kobe White. I think you're right. Yeah, and he Jordan Poole, the Golden State Warriors took Jordan Poole with like the twenty something I forget. Yeah, uh, pick it was late uh, first round, yep. late first round because they were the they debated to the finals uh, that year. The Bulls took Kobe White uh, one year out of North Carolina with probably the sixth or seventh pick. A little bit of a uh, and uh, the analysts were were saying, "Oh, it's a good pick for the Bulls," and I was all excited. I don't follow nearly like uh, Benji does college balls. I'm all excited because the analyst was excited. Now, right now, if you had to do it again, Benji, would you take Jordan Poole or Kobe White? I think there's no contest. Uh, one guy played in the finals and one guy can't, you know, barely make the bench of the Bulls. So, uh, yeah, Jordan Poole. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. So that's proof. I That was brilliant cross-examination by myself where I got Benji to make my also, point. Uh, but, you know, like year one and maybe even year two, it looked like white was better. And so some of this has to go. This is what's fascinating about any sport, right, in drafting. And just I, I think talent analysis of talent in many things, it could be almost all walks of life to some degree, is that you can – um, now this is also a, they have, they're still growing, right? A lot of these guys, they're still, they're not fully developed. So you're, 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 you're judging on past performance and, uh, you're trying to see growth rates and you're trying to project where they're going to go. But the one thing that really is really hard to, I think, pinpoint, which is probably the most important thing, is the mental attitude and just the work ethic and all those things, right? Uh, and and some of it is also, like, where do you land? Like, is the organization going to help you mature the right way and support you and do all that? Um, clearly, Golden State knows what they're doing, I mean. So there's certain teams that just always Miami, right? They always just find guys, they develop them and they give them, they put them in uh, scenarios where it emphasizes their assets and it minimizes their deficits. And uh, they just keep fine tuning these guys until they become really good. It, it's really amazing. What other teams just squander talent. All right, let's move into my beloved bulls because uh, this, that's a great opening. Uh, whether they uh, are the Bulls heading in the direction of Golden State and Miami in terms of having an organization that develops talent, uh, or are they still lodged uh, in the muck and the mire where they were uh, when they drafted Kobe White? And your point's a very good one. Kobe White was drafted by the old regime of the Chicago uh, Excuse me. Uh, he was drafted under the old coach. Uh, I'm not even going to mention names. It was such a disaster and a train wreck for Bulls fans. Uh, and, um, at any given time, I think half the team wanted to leave the team. Uh, and then of course, when they left, they would come back with a vengeance because they just hated their time here in Chicago so much. Bobby Portis would come back and wreck the bulls. Jabari Parker came back and wrecked the bulls in a game. You know what I'm saying, Benji? Oh, I know. Uh, yeah. So where do you see the Bulls right now? Uh, do you see them uh, heading in the direction of Miami, uh, which 
you know, is so successful, as you said, at uh, maximizing talent? Well, it's really hard to tell because uh, they, you know, I, I've been pretty uh, out in the open about my uh, distaste for some of the trading the future for the the immediate, albeit limited success of the win now strategy, um, especially the Vucevic trade I hated. Um, but it's so so they haven't really had a lot of draft picks with the new regime and time to see if, you know, they're going to, I mean, Simonovic looks pretty good, but that's just one game. We'll see. I mean, it, I don't even know if the other team had a center. <laughs> so he might have just been the tallest guy out there by, you know, a ton. Uh, but he, it doesn't matter. He still looked good. Um, whether or not that, that keeps going forward, we'll have to see some more games here uh, to see if, like, that's legitimate or not. But um I do like their new draft pick. I like the I like the idea of him, uh, Dalen Terry. I, you know, he's uh, he's not going to be one of these guys that's going to like score a ton of points. But they already have so many scores on their team, and he's like a great glue guy. He's a little bit like Lonzo, I think, uh, healthy Lonzo. Um, and so those kind of guys are nice to have. Great defense, just pass the ball, rebound, does everything it takes to win. It's kind of nice. Well, I, I'm always. <clears throat> Uh, uh, a glass is half full when it comes to the Bulls because as, as I've explained on the show and to you many times, Benji, uh, the reason I wholeheartedly follow the Bulls is I want them to win. Uh, I could never understand gloom and doom fans. It's, it's one thing to be neutral the way you are uh, when it comes to the NBA. You really don't love a team. And it's another thing if you're a fan. Like, why be a fan and just... <laughs> Oh, this guy's, I don't, I, so I try to look on the, the bright side, uh, and let's, uh, let's talk about Marco. So repeat one day. All right. So folks, you, you should know this. Uh, this is a guy that the bulls drafted. I want to say in 2020, I don't have that in front of me. Uh, and then he just sat out. He, he essentially, uh, last year, which was his rookie year, he was back and forth between the bulls, uh, and, uh, uh, the minor league team, and um, he—I uh, don't think he played the last month of the Bulls season. I mean, he was completely forgotten. He was—they said he's too skinny. When you saw him play, Benji, he was too skinny. Like guys would push him around. He's a center. I'll give you some stats. Uh, so he was drafted in 2020, the 44th pick overall. He's six eleven now. He's two forty. So he's you know he's put on. This is what happens with a lot of these tall, skinny guys like you know Chet Holmgren and you know they're they're going to put on some weight and put on some muscle. So it's going to be a big difference instead of you know playing against grown men. They're going to get pushed around. But to your point, yeah, he played nine games last year. Kind of a cup of coffee, right? He shot. Now he's six eleven. He shot twenty six percent from the field. <laughs> terrible that's really not good <laughs> so needless to say uh he's done nothing until the summer league game <laughs> one summer league game yeah, i'm yeah. already ready to put him in the hall of fame that's right i mean it's a little too soon <laughs> <laughs> well but here's here's the and admittedly we could be having a different conversation if okay he, he scored la in his opening of the summer league game uh 27 points and he grabbed 13 rebounds uh and three blocks real Nice. Three blocks. Yeah. He looked really impressive. He did. It, it, uh, it just not as a um, on, on running the court. 
like he he tied the game going coast to coast. Yep. And I'm like, what? A bull center racing coast to coast? I mean, Benji, for a moment, I thought, is this Giannis on the Bulls? <laughs> have I died and gone to heaven? I uh, mean, his agility is really nice. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Um, All right. But here's the point I want to make, because, uh, again, uh, I'm going to calm down. It's only one summer league game. I'm, this is me talking to myself. Uh, and his name is Marco Simonovic, just in case you're keeping track at home, because you've never heard of him. <laughs> that terrible shooting. The reason, Part of the reason why he was shot so poorly last year, Benji, was because he could never get close to the basket because he was always getting pushed out of the way. He was so skinny. Uh, and he, he, he would come in at the end of the game. It was already a blowout one way or the other. Yeah, he looked a little scared and unsure of what to do. Uh, you know, he may throw up a shot at the end of the three-point shot out of desperation. It, it was just, I'm looking at him, I'm thinking there's no way this guy is going to make it in the NBA. And then here's the good news. He spent the three months in between the end of the Bulls season and the start of the Summer League working out and the guy I saw on the court was not on in the summer league was physically not the same person I saw on the bulls bench. He was much stronger. Well, that's my point about the development, right? You know, some of these guys, like they don't ever change. <laughs> they don't ever get better. They, their bodies don't evolve. Uh, you know, there's, there's a work ethic issue there. Uh, and then there's other guys that are constantly improving and, I mean, look at Giannis. I mean, the Giannis morph, his body didn't look like it does now. Five years ago, it was not even close. So uh, that's, it's a great, it's a great sign to see this, this already just physically looking at him and you're just like, wow, that's a different person. Uh, and so when he turns out to be uh, the most improved player in the NBA <laughs> uh, and totally dwarfs the numbers put up by Wagner and justifies uh, the reason to trade. Uh, yes. Yes. That you knew where I was going. You knew where I was going with well, that. Hey, if it's all worth it, if that's the case. Yeah. Uh, Cause the bulls traded Vukovic uh, to, excuse me, the bulls uh, traded three draft choices. I want to say, or maybe two, I can't remember. I think it was two uh, to Orlando uh, along with Wendell Carter to get Vukovic. And Benji and I have been arguing that point ever since. And one of the guys they've drafted was uh, a player out of Michigan and ultimately from Germany. I think it, it, what's his first name? I always blank on his first name, Wagner. Uh, oh, I think uh, yeah, it's uh, there's two I, of them. Uh, there's two of them. Mo, yeah, there's a Mo Wagner and a I don't know Franz there's Wagner. A, Franz. Yeah, Franz Wagner. I think it's Franz. Uh, anyway, Franz Wagner. Yeah, I know. I just want to just. For some reason, I don't like them because they're the <laughs> argument that Benji uses against me <laughs> when it comes to Bulls. Because the Wagner guy, the one brother that the Bulls, they drafted with the Bulls pick is actually pretty good. He looked really uh, good last year. Yeah, he looked good. But I, when I watch Marco yesterday, I'm like, this looks like Wagner. Uh, and I'm not talking about uh, the uh, the man who writes opera. All right. Um, Wait, well, so what did you think of Terry? Well, I got to tell. Okay, so uh, Dale and Terry was about to ask you that very question. Uh, okay, so once again, just take. Uh, I'm actually would rather hear your views than mine because I'm so biased. But I was, I, I liked everything I saw about him. Uh, he, he, it, I, I understood going in his weaknesses in his game. Number one being shooting, uh, and uh, I always 
I don't trip too much on a player's um, low three-point percentage shot coming into the league. I think that's a skill that can be developed over time if the person's willing to put in the hours, just to the same point you made about uh, Marco. Uh, so I wasn't I wasn't really tripping on what he shot from the floor, and that was good because he, he was off. <laughs> I forget what he shot. Yeah, but, he's three for seven. Not too bad. He's three for seven? Okay. Yeah. But uh, he just – he, he didn't play scared. Nope. He uh, played tough defense. Yep. Uh, he's had a lot of enthusiasm. Uh, he I turned think, the game around. Yeah. I thought more than I mean, oh. Samanovic won the game for him. But he, when he came in in the fourth quarter, they were down about seven or eight. I don't know. I can't remember exactly. But uh, it, it, he had just lit a fire under him. Um, and it, none of them really show up in stats per se, but. He just changed the game, whether it's just like creating hockey assists or just a good defensive play that ended up with a steal or just a contested shot. It just, I don't know. I it, I think there's a, a lot to like there. Well, I'm, good. I'm glad you say that. Uh, and he may, I hate to say this, but uh, he, he essentially is the backup to Lonzo Ball. And Lonzo Ball, if you just look at his career, gets injured so much that I, I just anticipate there will be an injury this year. I hope I'm wrong. I think the Bulls would be fantastic if Lonzo Ball. There's another this guy who proves my point. When he came into the NBA, Benji had the worst three-point shooting form I think I've seen since Joe Kim Noah. Uh, horrible. He looked. I'm like, don't shoot because he's playing for the Lakers. I remember. I remember. I watched his summer league debut uh, for the Lakers. It was a big deal when he came into the league. He was the number two pick. I want to say, uh, and and now is he over forty percent? He just worked at it, got better at it, and it's really uh, good. Yeah. So that's why I say there's always hope if you work hard. Uh, all right. So based uh, on what you've seen so far, uh, if you were going to uh, make some bets, which you probably have already, not on not what the Bulls will do. Not yet. Okay. The, the over-unders aren't out yet. Oh, they're not out? I, yeah, I they, thought come, the, they come out during like uh, after Summer League a little bit because the free agency is not really done yet. So, Got it. All right, well, so what's your preliminary take on the over-under for the Bulls? Well, they have this glutted guard. I don't know what they're going to do with. Like, it, I mean, it's almost like uh, too many players now. Um, and, I mean, I don't know what Lonzo's health situation is at the moment. Like, hopefully he's going to be back for the regular, like, the start of the season or, or like, kind of early in the start of the season. But you kind of just, like you said, you got to pencil him in for 50 games at the most, no matter what. It's just like, just because. Uh, Caruso should be back. Will he be starting? I don't know. That, what Terry's minutes will be as a rookie will probably be, you know, spot. You got Io still. He's going to need to see some minutes for sure. So, uh, and then plus you got Zach and you got DeRozan. And, you know, it's like they got a crowded lineup. Um at, at the at the I don't like Drummond. I don't understand that at all. To me, that was a waste of money. Can't play defense. I mean, he'll get rebounds, but he's kind of washed at this point. Um, it, it'll be Ben Wallace two point for the Bulls. Uh, and then uh, the big. I think the key to the whole season is Williams. Uh, his advancement. Like I, I think he's going to be really good. So. I'm thinking the Bulls, the East is, I mean, there's so much, there's no dogs anymore, really, uh, in, in, in the in the East. I'm trying to think of what team would even be the worst because oh, well, Orlando got Orlando. a lot better. 
they're going to be Orlando. Their draft was really good. Detroit is starting to get good. Uh, they got, you know, they're starting to put the pieces together. Now they'll probably still want to suck to get, because there's a really great pick coming next year. The seven foot one French guy, Wendanyama. He's yeah, or we'll team. talk about this. Yeah. We're heading into my favorite tanking. We're heading into tanking country. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, if you're if you're not good right now, why not? Right, go for uh, it. I like Tim Duncan. Uh, I, I I could give you a million reasons. We, we should do a whole show on the fallacies <laughs> of tanking. Uh, it's a myth. It's a, at one point Benji will agree with me. He'll go, well, I don't know what happened. I was just gaslit. I think. Who is the general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers who advocated tanking? Hanky. What's his name again? Hanky. Yeah, Hanky, I think, or something like that. I, I put his name out of my mind because it was such an absurd uh, strategy, and it has totally failed for the 76ers. That's the Just, process. Yeah, the process. <laughs> <laughs> the process got them Ben Simmons. Uh, and Embiid, poor Embiid. The process got them Ben Simmons and... Yeah. Uh, Got them to give up on Jimmy Butler. Oh, uh, too many centers. That was their problem. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, um, but uh, going back to uh, uh, the Chicago Bulls, I disagree with you about Andre Drummond, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, it, it, I don't care if he's uh, uh, Ben Wallace too. Ben uh, 2.0. Ben Wallace, of course, was the toughest nails center for the Detroit Pistons. Uh, won a, a ring with them in 2004, I think it was. Uh, came very close to winning a second one in 2005, uh, but they bit uh, Rasheed Wallace. He, I can't, I can still see him leaving. Was it uh, Genuli open in the corner for the three? Uh, anyway, neither here nor there, uh, having a Rain Man moment. Uh, and then the Bulls paid him a lot of money to come to Chicago, and he wasn't the same. Uh, his 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 game had deteriorated, but the Bulls were signed him to be their starting uh, center. And he was expected to pay, play 35 to 40 minutes. Andre Drummond is clearly a backup. They're paying him backup money. Uh, his, his job is to be like the tough guy off the bench. So I, I, he's a big improvement over Tristan Thompson, who filled that role last year. you got to agree of, with me. And, I was not a fan of his either. <laughs> you know, you were, uh, I think both of us wanted DeMarcus Cousins uh, to fill that role for the Bulls last year. Um, I want a right. new guy. Uh, What's that? Let's let Sabanovich play. Let's go. Well, we're, we're I mean, Sabanovich was, that's Marco. He was not ready last no, year. No, I know. I'm, I'm, yeah. I mean, it just, but, but you this know, year. you know, it'd be nice with the Bulls. And the reason they, they, in theory, why they, Vucevic was, I mean, you know, they, they got him, right? So there's a couple of things that the, the, the team building in the NBA, if you have, it's kind of hard to win without rim protection. Right. That's one thing. But the other thing that's hard is if you have a lot of penetrating guards, which the Bulls do, um, you have to have the lane cleared. So you can't have a clogging center sitting down there. So you need a center that can space the floor. And Vucevic can shoot threes in theory, although he didn't shoot that good last year. But, you know, traditionally he has been a pretty good shooter. So he can pull the center for the other team out away from the basket, allowing there to be space for guys like Zach to you know carve it up. So that was that's in theory why you know offensively he he he's a great fit for the Bulls. Drummond doesn't do any of that. He doesn't play defense and he doesn't space the floor. He just clogs the paint. So that's why I'm like, eh. I think he's better at defense than you give him credit for. And I also think 
Uh, there's just an element of toughness. And I know when, when uh, basketball fans talk about toughness, it's like this intangible thing that they have in mind. But the Bulls were so soft for so many years, Benji. And I get, it gets into what I was talking about. Players, ex-Bulls would come back to the team and just dominate them. And it just didn't seem like the Bulls had any heart. You know, I did. Well, ever since, I mean, they, seen, ever since they got rid of Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I go back. I, I, I'm, I mean, Jimmy Butler has proven to be one of the, in my opinion, one of the great players in the ABA, and I give him a lot of credit for it. And in retrospect, uh, Joe Colley was absolutely right, and the Bulls should never have given up on him. But one of the most, if not the most disappointing Bulls games I've ever suffered through, uh, Jimmy Butler was on the court. And that would have been 2015 when the Chicago Bulls just lay down. And that was Tommy Thibodeau's last game as coach, and they lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers in Chicago, game six. It's a game that Thibodeau lovers and Jimmy Butler lovers pretend didn't exist. And Derrick Rose lovers pretend. Della Dova, how many points did he score, Benji? He had like 21 points on Derrick Rose. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, what? I thought these guys were all about heart. They just quit. I think the Bulls have been quitting since 2015. Um, well, that's, that's Thibodeau. And uh, Thibodeau uh, will run your car, you know, without filling up the gas tank. And at some point you run out of gas. And let's so let's not blame it on the players. Let's blame that one on Thibodeau. Well, but, to, right. but to your point about toughness, I mean, the Noah teams were tough. Uh, Jimmy's yeah, it was before. That was before. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. But like, yeah. I, I think so the Bulls and then obviously the Jordan teams were really tough. Eddie Curry teams, maybe not so much. But um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I would say that uh, you know this from from ever since they got rid of Jimmy, it's it's not been tough. No. <laughs> Even this current team is. I mean, Vucevic isn't tough. No, it's just like tough. It's a pride. I don't know. It's. I don't mean like I want them to go out and have a fight. Like it's hockey. I, that's not what I'm talking about. It's just. No, but they I stand just... their ground. They they don't back down. They rise to the challenge. I know what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I think, exactly. I think I think in the beginning of last year when they had all their guys healthy and they could apply that guard pressure with Lonzo and Caruso and, and that the guards were tough. I mean, they were put yes. like Caruso's yes. tough. That guy, yeah, 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 he, no. he, he'll get in your face, right? He, he likes to be physical. He likes to like draw contact and like get in your head and all that stuff. And um, when they have, I think when they have all their guys this year, they could be very, I mean, I would. They're they're going to be their their defense could be wicked. Uh, yeah, I, it's a different team, and uh, that's why, that's why I have hope. It's just a different culture. Uh, so my prediction will be forty. Uh, that league is so hard. I'm going to say four, forty-seven wins. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, that's huge. Is it? Benji the bookie has not been. I, I every year we do the uh, we do our our. our Bulls wins predictions at the bowling alley. And every year I go around and I collect predictions from people. And I've been collecting his predictions about the Bulls for years. <laughs> he is always on, always going low. So 47 is, I think, maybe an all time high for you. I, of yeah, course, am always on the higher. Yeah. I'm always on the higher end. Yeah, you're always uh, the highest. Let's go. <laughs> no, this year there was one guy ahead of him. I couldn't believe it. Wow. He took 63 wins. What have you been? I think I, and then I was trying to, okay, this year I'll be cagey and smart like Benji and Norm. I'm going to do, you know, be gambler and things. I went with 55. By the way, I was on the, 
I, I was on the path to 55 and then all the injuries. Uh, all right, let's talk uh, a little bit, uh, move away uh, from uh, the future uh, and the uh, current and talk a little bit about the past. Uh, you haven't been on in a while. Uh, Golden State Warriors uh, won the championship. They looked, I, they looked just, I, as much as I dislike them and root against them, from the first round on, I, I told you this. I thought they were going to win it. They just looked so strong. And so, yeah, that was a nice bet for me. Yes. Picked up three playoffs. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I had them in the heat. Those are my two, uh, teams to win it all. And I picked them like at the like last week or two of the season. And, uh, I didn't, the heat Lowry thing really hurt me. I, I think if Lowry was healthy, they would have potentially made it. But, um, and Harrow. Golden State looked great, and Hero, yeah, too. Yeah, your guy Hero. He, he was. You never he know was... with injuries. Uh, you gotta have a lot of luck. But uh, boy, Golden State when they uh, they got all their guys out there. Oof. Well, I think it's the the mentality, Golden State, uh, and um, y- you know, it just like when we were talking about Jordan Poole and his development over three years, being around uh, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, watching Clay Thompson spend three years of his life, commit three years of his life to just a painful. Uh, tormented recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's just, but you can tell their coaching staff just. I mean, they're just so good. Like the temperament of Kerr, uh, but also that you know he's not soft at all. He's feisty when he needs to be. Um, they they make such great adjustments. They play just such a beautiful style of basketball. It's just so hard to. Over time, it just wears you out because they're running, moving. Con- like, I cannot stand watching teams that just stand and, like, put four guys in a corner. And, like, you know, the LeBron style, where LeBron's got to be the queen of the chessboard at the top of the key, dribbling for 8,000 times and staring at, the like, four guys standing in, you know, basically in the corners. And... uh you know, driving to the basket and then kicking. and But it's there's no movement. There's no sharing. There's no anything. And Golden State's just the opposite. Yeah. I, I actually thought the uh, 2000 Lakers, the, the bubble team, there was more sharing. I love LeBron. I've really come I to know. love and appreciate LeBron. LeBron James. You and I don't see eye to eye in that one. I, All right. Let, yeah. But it's more of a stylistic talk. thing. It's like of, of, of how teams play. Uh, let's talk Jason Tatum from the Boston Celtics. So the Warriors defeated the Celtics, and I was rooting for the Celtics. I was basically rooting for seven I'm games. Here. It was only six. It was a very disappointing series. Yeah. Uh, I felt Jason Tatum absolutely positively. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Was how do you not harbor a grudge for all those like Havlicek years? Come on. I. <laughs> I'm not like I. I really dislike the Celtics. I always feel I have to uh, defend myself on this point, but it's always like there's a team I dislike more. Uh, which is so for instance <clears throat> in the uh well when it was uh i kind of like doc rivers celtics i like that team I, kevin garnett because uh, they played the lakers know. yeah i couldn't stand kobe bryant's lakers i always rooted against or really phil jackson's lakers all right um <clears throat> so what was your analysis of uh J- the jason tatum's performance in the finals gassed just gassed they uh they had they had to play Milwaukee to seven, just you know, and uh, even the even their sweep of Brooklyn was hard. Like every game was hard, uh, you know, except maybe for the last one or whatever. But you know, so he was, and you know, he's their main guy, and him and Brown, but more so even Tatum, and to give it your all 
so a hard four game sweep and then a incredibly physical hard series against Milwaukee at seven games kind of pulled that out and then an incredibly hard seven game series against Miami which they almost faded at the end and I just think they had nothing left especially him he never misses that many bunnies he just couldn't make a layup it was crazy yeah I uh I think he shot like 20 percent from two in the finals it's nuts but He'll be back. It's a good lesson learned. You got to be in better shape. Even you got to take care of business earlier if possible. Um, I think they've, you know, the acquisition of Brogdon is huge for them. It just gives the, like takes a little bit more pressure off Tatum. Uh, they're going to be back. Yeah. I have a bias against <clears throat> Duke players. Uh, Benji knows this. And he, of course, Jason Tatum. Oh, it's hard to have a strong bias because he's only one and done. Uh, but uh, my position has always been no team will ever win a championship uh, if its star player comes from Duke. I believe I'm 100% on that one uh, That's a so great far. Theory. Yeah. Yeah, it's theory. I mean, it's. Uh, Wait, it's, did Cherokee yeah. Parks lead anyone to a title? Cherokee <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Park. All right, we'll close with this. Kevin Durant uh, has announced he wants uh, to be traded from the Brooklyn Nets. You already mentioned the Nets. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a blast if you're into speculation uh, to try to figure out which team uh, he would go to. Uh, I just heard today, right before we did this segment, a vigorous defense of Kevin Durant uh, from Draymond Green, and I found it very convincing. Uh, Draymond Green has his own podcast. He's really good, in my humble opinion. Uh, as one podcaster to another, he's got the he's got the skills, Benji. Um, so I I applaud if Kevin Durant wants to leave. Those are the rules. Let him go. I think he's one of the greatest uh, players of his generation. He's a Hall of Famer. So God bless you. That's my attitude about Kevin Durant. What's your general attitude about Kevin Durant and his desire to leave the Brooklyn Nets? Um, I, I don't understand what, 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 what he's looking for. I don't know if he knows what he's looking for, to be honest. I mean, if you're aligned with Kyrie, that you've still, you got to question that off the top. Like, what? what you want to win i mean he's nothing but chaos and usually negative chaos uh you know these guys that like want to build these super teams and then not feel the repercussions of what it takes to build a super team by basically forfeiting your entire bench and your future of the team I mean, it's a, just a ginormous sacrifice. Look at what the Lakers are facing right now. They, they have no picks. They have no bench. They have no anyone else on their roster. And it's because they kind of let, you know, LeBron become control of the team to some extent. And he doesn't know what he's doing when it comes to that. He destroys every team he's at, their future. He wins now. And then he runs away and leaves with like the burning ashes. And KD is kind of doing the same thing. And, I just, I guess I just don't understand uh, why he's bailing right now. Because even if like someone trades for him, they're going to have to trade so much stuff that they're not going to be good either. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's almost like chasing your tail a little bit. I'm not denying he has the right to do it, but I just don't know why he would want to do it. Unless, unless there's like some massive beef with the ownership. But as I've said to you, who's the good owners? Maybe Golden State's owner's good. I don't know. Like, as a person, I don't know. <laughs> Most of them are just assholes. So, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know what he's looking for. 
I, I don't know what he's looking for either. I, I'm not friends with Kevin Durant, never met Kevin Durant, never had a conversation with him. Uh, and I just find him a, 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 a vast he's very, entertaining He's a very interesting human being when you hear him talk. Uh, like when he gets, like when he like sits down and has a, like a really good discussion with someone, he's insanely thoughtful and well-spoken and has real passion and ideas and and then like some of his i don't know i mean so i i can't i can't necessarily fault him he probably has good reasons we just probably don't know them all right so let me ask you this uh he the 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 main teams that seem to be in the kevin durant uh chase are the miami heat yeah uh, and the phoenix suns yeah i don't understand any of that all right. Well, Pat Riley uh, usually figures out a way uh, to get a player that he really wants. He's historically proved that. Yeah. Uh, Jones, who's the general manager of Phoenix. But why would he, you want to go and play for Phoenix's owner, who's potentially I, about to get kicked out of the league? He should be kicked out of the league, actually. I, I actually do not think he, he views it as playing uh, for the owner, but playing maybe with Chris Paul. I don't know. I, I'm not what it's yeah. in his head. Here's my question for you to close yeah. it down. Uh, the Bulls are at the far edges of the teams that have been uh, listed as a place Kevin Durant would go to. And you got to believe that the Bulls have discussed. You know, yeah. So in your opinion, uh, and keeping in mind what you just said, that you could give up too much so that you have nothing to, uh, you, you don't have the uh, resources to join him on the court. Who do you think the Bulls can make available to get Kevin Durant that would not expose them? <laughs> Colby White. <laughs> hey, straight up. I, this is the whole classic thing. It's like, if you give up enough to get him, how if your team is still about the same as it was when you got before you got him? Why get him? Because he's old. Keep the young guys instead. So I I wouldn't even trade for him if I was the Bulls because it's not worth it. They're not in a position. I I would for any team to get Durant. I the only teams that I think would make sense is if like uh, the Knicks, right? Like the Knicks just need star power. Well, but they're going to suck no matter what. So, and they don't even have the assets really probably to get them. But the so the teams that really make sense are the teams that are have are close to potentially winning a championship, and he would put them over the top. But I just don't know if the package will work. They'd have to have a lot. Of, they'd have to give up their entire future for sure, and maybe one good player. So, if Miami could pull it off. With a hero plus picks plus, I mean, you can't get rid of Bam, you can't get rid of Jimmy. Um, I don't even know if you could get rid of, uh, or if they would even want um, uh, oh, shit, the point guard Kyrie. <laughs> Lowry. Uh, um, Lowry. But, but you, Lowry. you know, uh, maybe right. I mean, Durant would if you had a big three of Bam, Jimmy, and uh, Durant, you're you're in contention for sure. With just some you know, Miami will find some scrubs. They're good at that. So I get, I get, I get it from their perspective. Phoenix, I don't know. I mean, what are you going to put Aiton in there? Maybe, maybe that works. They they solve two problems with one. That makes sense to me a little bit. But other than that, I don't know who, like, why? Who's taking a swing on him? What does it? What does it change? 
I and does I he even want to go did. there? Like, if he doesn't resign, you just gave up every. I mean, there's four years left, but he could pull the same stunt on you in a year, right? So that's the thing is like they're trade. Look at Brooklyn; they traded all these assets for Kyrie and Kevin Durant, and they signed them to long term deals, thinking, okay, we got them. Like at least for five years, we're going to be good. Well, <laughs> year two or whatever, like he's got four years left of this contract. He's demanding a trade. So uh, is it smart to like trade a lot of assets for any player right now? I don't know. I'm starting to question that. Yeah. Starting to, I think you've been, you've been questioning that for as long as I've known you. Well, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think there are times where it's good to take a swing and, and you know, I mean, there are times where it's good to take a swing. But right, uh, uh, but not you can't give away the house. I, I don't want to trade Patrick Williams. I just had this conversation with Norm. I, I I'm with you. I think his upside is so great, uh, and I'm really hoping that uh, this that he can stay healthy. Last year he was hurt almost the whole year, uh, and then he came back and was trying to get back into shape. While you know how that goes, while catch up with the team, where at the end of the year and into the playoffs. But uh, there's a lot of potential for him, so I'm really uh, hoping that he can stay healthy. We have to see him at least one more year. Yeah. Make decisions. Can I do a real quick uh, draft analysis? Go. Okay. So, like I said, the top three, I think, are going to all be fine. Chet's Chet's going to be the most interesting. I think the Thunder's draft was just crazy good, and they have eight million more picks coming in the next five years. I don't know how they're going to do it. I mean, they're they're clearly going to have to do some. Now that's a team that can like potentially swing for. Durant. Yeah, but Durant going back to Oklahoma City. Well, and it's a little too early for them, right? The timeline doesn't really like he's 35 and the, their guys are 20. So that doesn't really line up. So it doesn't really make sense. But of all the teams that if they and they probably want to get this one in Yama guy next year too. So they they they're, they're still gonna probably suck one more year. But after that, watch them just accelerate. Um but Holmgren is just I don't know if you've watched him, but he is just he's so funny to watch. He he does he's he's a smart basketball player. Uh, well, all right. Yeah, go ahead. I, I said my love of Keegan Murray. Ivy looked really good. Matherin looked really good. So that's the top six guys I think are all going to be really good. And then uh, I haven't seen some of the next like six. But after that, like the spot guys that I saw that uh, looked really good. Christian Braun looked really good from Kansas, the, the winning Kansas. He's on Denver. He could be a nice wing for them. Um I'm really excited to see the Warriors use this Patrick Baldwin kid out of Milwaukee. Um, he was on, he basically played for his dad at like a smaller school and was, but he was one of the highest recruited um, freshmen last year going into the year and kind of sucked. Now, whether that's a situation, whether he's injured, whatever, but he's like super big and talented. And so, you know, it's golden state. So they'll, they'll, They'll just work him slow. They don't have any reason to to, to rush him. Um, and by the way, Golden State, they still have Moses Moody looked insane. Kaminga's going to be great, and and they have Wiseman still. Oh, God, I hate. Who we're going to see? Well, we're going to. By the way, they all could be traded for Durant. No, they all all no. of them could be traded for Durant. Why? They, I'm just saying that they just want why? a championship without him. They don't need him. I I know, but I'm that's. Yeah. See, that's the perfect. Possible, I love. Andy. I love that they did that because that just showed that you don't have to trade your future to win. I like that. Yeah, uh, and uh, you also don't have to tank uh, to win because uh, Golden State 
We'll hold off on the tanking discussion, a whole show on tanking. Uh, we'll talk about the young man out of uh, France. There's no point in tanking because there's no guarantee, even if you're lousy, that you'll get the number one pick. So but it's I, like a crap I game within a crap game. I predict, Ben, I, I predict the Bulls have a trade coming in them. Oh, yeah. Kobe White. It, when yeah. they signed uh, uh, Dragic, Goran Dragic, yeah, I said, oh, oh yeah. Dragic. I don't even understand yeah. that signing personally, but. Well, it's obviously, uh, I understand it. He's, he's like shooting 50% of his shots, his threes. Uh, when he's open, I, they had a breakdown of his uh, three-point shooting. The Bulls need a guy who can hit the three when he's open because he's going to be open because the way to defend the Bulls is to put two guys on uh, DeMar or Zach, force them to give up the ball. I watched the Bucks decimate the Bulls in round one with one bull shooter after another missing a wide open three. A young Benji Hall would have drained those threes, okay? So uh, I'm hoping <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> okay. I don't know if that's true. Uh, I was a pretty decent outside shooter, but I was also 5'7". So that, that did, I don't think I was going to cut it. But uh, no, you're, I, I I get it from a talent standpoint. There's just it's too crowded. So yeah, I think, someone's going to be traded. Someone yeah, maybe traded. a couple guys. We all know. Maybe a yeah, couple guys. Yeah. So that could be interesting. They need they need a they need a wing like a guy with like uh, yeah, Thad Young would have been would be great on the team right now. Oh yeah. Uh, speaking about ancient bulls. All right, very good, uh, uh, Benji the bookie. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's always fun, and I thought I this 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 uh, almost an hour flew by so fast. I haven't thought about the gloom and doom of the world. Uh, anything uh, to divert me from the misery that is ongoing and never ending, which I talk about endlessly uh, on the podcast and write about. Uh, it's always a blast, and that's probably why I spend so much time. Uh, following the summer league, and I think the next Bulls game is tonight. I want to say, or, I don't know, maybe tomorrow. Fast and Furious. I believe uh, that yeah, you're they, right, though. And then there's that moment, Benji. And oh god, the summer league ends. The uh, free agency's over. There's no draft. It's like the July 25th or something, and you've got three months to uh, training camp. What have I got to? T- what am I gonna do? The Europeans, uh, they just they just take the whole time off and go on holiday. That's the smart that's move. The, I'll go back to Cali. All right. Uh thank you very much, Benji. Really appreciate you taking the time and talk to me. All right. All right. Say hi to Gavin for me. <laughs> I'll say hi to Gavin uh for my Airbnb uh in Cali. Uh I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.